Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Left of Greg podcast. I am Brian Marin, the host and creator of the show. As always, I will be joined by human behavior expert, Mr. Greg Williams, who the show is affectionately named after. Here on the Left of Greg show, our goal is to increase your advanced critical thinking ability through a better understanding of what we call human behavior, pattern recognition, and analysis. If you'd like to find out more about what that is, you can check out our website at arcadiacognorati.com or by following us on Facebook at HBPRA. Please help support the show by checking out our Patreon site where for just a few dollars you can have access to all kinds of episode extras, videos, and short tutorials that are updated weekly. Just click the link in the episode details that says support the show and we'll take you directly to that site. If you have any questions or would like us to cover a specific topic, please reach out to us at leftofgreg at gmail.com. On today's episode, Greg and I are talking about criminal recidivism and your New Year's resolutions. Although these are two seemingly unrelated topics, they actually have a lot more in common than you think. We know that there are a lot of contributing factors to the issue of criminal recidivism, so we stick to what we know best, which is the behavior that surrounds or is associated with criminal activity. We touch on a number of topics in the episode, including the significance of the environment you live in, uh, choosing used gym equipment over new equipment, and we discuss what Greg calls Boyd's Oodle Loop for bad guys. Please don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find the links in the episode details. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends about it. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Ready to go live? Yeah. Shows live. It shows live. That means that we are live, Greg. All right. Well, welcome, everyone. Welcome, Greg. Uh, Those of you who who are just listening, um, you cannot tell that I am in a new spot. I've got the, we'll we'll call it the new recording studio, new home office uh, here, and I am all moved in and set up. So so this will be the first one here. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes, Greg. Uh, and what's the great thing is if the cleaning crew comes to that abandoned structure that you're at, yeah. they may they may cause you to vacate. So they, folks listen in, you never know. They, they might. That's why we're doing this one early. It's uh it's like six thirty <laughs> uh in the morning by me, just to just to just to make sure in, in case uh in case the cleaning crew does come in here and tell me to get the heck out. So what are you sense. doing here? Like <laughs> places for rent. Yeah, exactly. I'm stealing the I'm stealing the uh, main places uh, internet right now. So today we're going to be uh, uh, talking about a few things. Kind of be jumping into what's known as recidivism, right? Right. Uh, repeat criminal offenders who continue yep. to get locked up, go back to jail. And uh, we're also going to be talking about New Year's resolutions. And in fact, uh, they're almost one in the same, uh, those two topics. We'll, we'll hopefully be able to link those together for, for everyone. So uh, one of the things we always talk about, or not we always talk about, is societal issue, I guess, is the high incarceration rate in the United States compared to other comparable, similar type countries. And what that's led to, you know, we have this, you know, lock people up mentality that's been gone on for a lot of, for a long time that people, a lot of people are saying, Hey, like this really, it needs to change. But we also have different programs to help get people to not commit crimes. Right. Because I know uh, most, you know, criminals are kind of recidivist stuff. There's all kinds of different uh, stats to look up. I know even like, even out here in California, I just pulled a couple real quick stats and I know you probably did too, Greg, but, but, you know, more than it, 
for out here. This was a report from a few years ago. 65% of those released from California's prison system return within three years. And they actually, when they count recidivist stuff, I think they only count it if it happens within three years, but often there's more after that, right? And they just said more, you know, people convicted of like property type crimes are more likely than than people who are convicted of serious crimes. Um, they'd also said, you know, basically... 73% of these recidivists committed a new crime or violated parole within the first year of being released. And basically it also said these numbers have not really changed. Like pretty much this has been the numbers in that area for, for a very long time. And this was a California state report that was also critical of some of the programs that are used uh, uh, to help combat this, right? So different types of training education programs that offenders can get while in prison. And they're kind of saying, look, a lot of these don't work, but they did show that those who chose to go through them did have a lower rate out of yeah. out of the population. But again, we're talking pretty small numbers here. So we're taking this mostly, obviously, from what we do, a behavioral type approach to it. And, and in discussing it, we, we understand that there are a lot of issues involved with this. Um, you know, like we talked about societal, economic issues, you know, when you talk about crime in general, education, training issues, like there's a lot that adds into it, but we're sticking to kind of our our lane i guess right greg i mean yeah uh, and i think we gotta i think we gotta make it even more narrow of focus Brian. yeah yeah please do thing is please do let, let's do it this way okay there are myriad factors that cause people to get incarcerated and in the trick bag in the first place we're not going to go into those today what we're going to do is talk about people that reoffend. when we talk about those people that reoffend, let's discuss uh, convictions, because I think one of the things that throws people off with the numbers is you get those really high numbers of reoffending rates. Uh, that isn't uh, that three-year uh, mark is for convictions. Those people were arrested and convicted, convicted. of new felonious crimes, which is different. They, than... they may have been arrested two or three times, right. or contacted forty times, right. and that's scary, Brian. That's a I, I would equate it like this. Okay, imagine that you take your your uh, you know, you got three kids and you want to take them to learn how to swim. So you go to the YMCA and the guy at the YMCA says, Hey, our swimming lessons cost this much money, but be advised, uh, you know, 60% of the kids are going to drown. Well, you, you would yeah. immediately, <laughs> you would immediately hit the panic button. My parents go, would have. Yeah. We'll, we'll no, they'd say, hey, we got a couple extra. No, but, but let's be serious about that. I know that I'm over dramatizing it, but the idea is that we're not talking about just being in the system talking about reoffending and getting arrested and convicted for it. And, and uh, you said something earlier, and I think the parallel is unique. Um, look, certain programs are out there and they work, and we don't want you to be demoralized by the sheer magnitude of the problem. If you're a regular listener, you know that we only approach it sociologically or psychologically, and we're not going to get into the emotional uh, 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 things that'll transcend the argument. But the, the simple uh, uh, reason that people reoffend is the same reason that people continue to cheat on your wife or become a serial, whatever, whatever. And, yeah. And say serial very, doesn't yeah, because matter. there's yeah. so, um, yeah, yeah, there's so many things. AA uh, and programs like it can work for people. So can these billion dollar diet programs can work for people. And sometimes one person uh, comes off with a new year's resolution, Brian, and, and they get a new belt size or whatever. They quit smoking, but it's rare. So I think what we talk about today is why it's a hard problem. What are the, yeah. the factors that face those folks and how similar they are, I think will be astonishing. I, I truly do. No, that's that's a that's that's a good way to frame it. So what 
what is the general hard problem with this, right? Be, meaning uh, uh, with with this with recidivism crime, right? If you've got, I, I mean, even I think another one that I found is like uh, one third. It was an entire third of everyone who uh, of prison admissions are due to parole violations. So that means yep. that was someone who's convicted of a crime, served their time, got out, were on parole, and violated that parole in some way. So that's a third of all yep. the people who are admitted into prison. I mean, that's that's enormous. That's a that's a that's a big number. So I, and I think that's a good way to frame it. Meaning, this is the general hard problem: is that what happens when someone commits a crime, gets out of jail, and then they're going to continue that. And and from that behavioral uh, uh, perspective that we always take, it's you know, I'm go, we all repeat behavior. So if the yes. behavior that I learned and I've been doing my whole entire life is criminal behavior, it's that much harder. So to bring into your new year's resolution thing, it's well, why is it so hard for everyone? You know, it's something like 90% of new year's resolutions fail within the first month, I think, right. It's everyone knows it who goes to like the bigger, like they call them the globo gyms, like what happens in Hilarious. January. You go in there to work out and now it's slammed and everyone's in there and it's busy and you hate it because you're the person that's been going there for 10 years yep. and you get a, every the whole new crew comes in in January and then they're gone by February. Right. That's the good thing is, you know, yeah. you know full well Stick that all you got to do is hold it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. and, and Brian, you, you bring up something. So so let's be careful because listeners and, and, and viewers, if you're watching, remember, we're going to be talking about criminal and non-criminal behavior but we're going to be talking about obsessive and sometimes compulsive behavior. So for example, on the criminal side, we'd call that the pro-criminal attitude. Uh, uh, you're going to see a cost-benefit analysis that shows you that your criminality, continuing your criminality is going to behoove you and befit you better than trying to abandon that and you know go to church and uh, uh, go to school and get a better education and get a, a better job. That's not unlike what happens. Listen, it's hard to stay in shape. It's hard mm -hmm. to commit time every day to go to the gym. It's hard to eat right. So if you equate that with the pro-criminal attitude, pro-criminal goes, you know, I want to get up off the couch and I want to go and uh, check the wine ads. I'm an old school guy. Maybe there's still wine ads, you know? And he goes, but that effing bong is between me and there. And if I pour a little peppermint schnapps in the bong water, it, this kind <laughs> bud, you know, uh, next thing you know, Judge Judy. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a thing. And, and so if California in uh, Colorado know it's a thing. But but the idea, Brian, is there that those pro-criminal attributes create an environment where it's like, and then you know, the next thing is guy goes, well, I'm out of munchies. So I go to Seven Eleven. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a bag of chips, but I'm going to steal a bag of chips and a tall boy. And, yeah. and it, it's, it's not always the crime of the century, but it's the reliance on being resilient it's, in a criminal fashion. You, you see what I mean? Resilience can cut both ways here. No, I think that's the other side of the coin of resilience. It's, it's okay. Yeah. I get knocked down and get back up again. Well, in that criminal's case, it's, yeah, I went to jail for a little bit. I did my time, but I'm back out yep. here. I'm earning again. I'm doing this. It's like, and, and, it, and that, I'm not going to make that mistake again. Right. And it, and it continues. They got me sent up. It, it's yeah. And it continues to, um, what they call that cycle of crime then continues. Right. But, but it's, yep. it's a behavioral cycle, just like anything. It's a pattern of behavior. It's, it's a, it's a habit, right? It, you, those habits are hard to break. And you, you brought up a couple things. One uh, being when you said it's not necessarily the crime of the century, like, well, yeah, in fact, it's, it's very 
often it, most of the time it's not it's it's it is these property crimes it is something like a parole violation so a parole violation could be anything they might not have uh they might be consuming alcohol they, when they were right, or not fail to report to, or smoking it, cigarettes something say, as simple as that and and that's a that's an uh, that's an another uh one you which is it's a good one to equate to it. So it's smoking. You smoked forever and then had to quit, right? But but it's yep. so it's not just about the nicotine and you know the effect of that. It's it's the entire behavior that you also get used to doing, right? So I, I almost equate that to to it's very similar to like that New Year's resolution and why it's easy to not fulfill. It's it's easy to break your that resolution because you haven't created that behavior you haven't been doing yep. it long enough in order to continually do it and can keep going and keep going and so i i think that's uh, understand i think that's a way to illuminate kind of how difficult a problem this recidivism is it's like you know we we make generalizations about about human behavior all the time for the purposes of well it's it's generalizing right it's it's never a 100% thing but one of the things you always people say like oh a, a leopard can't change its spots right right it's true meaning it's very very hard for a leopard to change its spots would be a more accurate statement right it it, it can happen but it's extremely difficult to change a lifetime pattern of behavior to something more positive. I, I just want to highlight that, that it's not unlike uh, trying to quit smoking or, or eating better. It's a, that's a daily, if you want to start working out and lose weight every day, you have to put time into that every yep. single day, every single day. And, and, and several times a day, every time you eat, you get what I'm saying? So, so yeah, if we so think about it, I, I take that approach to why this is such a hard problem. Yeah. So let me throw a couple of psychosocial things uh, at you. And I would ask our listeners to do this yellow pad it. Or if you're driving a car, don't yellow pad it. Just yeah. think of what it is that you're obsessed with. So if you're an overeater or if you're a chain smoker, or if you're a serial polygamist, whatever the heck it is, and you fill your little ice cube tray with what I'm about to tell you, because I'm going to go from the criminal and you'll see that it's the same things. So let me just grab three things that uh, criminals do repeatedly that smokers, and, and I'll talk about my own life here with the smoking and the overeating, and then you equate it to your own. So we maintain antisocial relationships. What that means is that we're maintaining associations with criminal actors and being isolated from non-criminal ones. So what does that mean? If I walk out when I'm trying to stop smoking and I go to a bar that's smoky, I go to a casino that's right. smoky, I go to the smoker's pit, Brian, <laughs> Come on. That's a foot well, on the scale. Do you see what I'm trying and, and to say? Right, so, right there. That that environment is kind of what you're talking about. I mean, there's people in your body, physical environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's any any developmental psychologist will tell you your environment is is everything. You know what I mean? It so, is, so even your home gym, yes. the very first time you hang your yeah. wife's <laughs> yoga sweatshirt or whatever your yep. or your husband's whatever okay the minute that you use it for something other than its design or you don't take it seriously enough then you'll covet it and it's going to be ruined so so right. now now tack on uh, uh not taking your uh sobriety or drug use serious enough so mm -hmm. uh smoking's a drug overeating is 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 a a, a mental uh issue that's hard to overcome because of the neurochemical uh reactions in your brain so now what happens is all of a sudden uh, you're in the smoky bar and you have that first drink. Well, then yeah. the next thing is, look, Brian, I'm having two and then we're out of here. But then the smoke is so good and I got that menthol and I'm back. Okay, so high risk again, right? Yeah. But think about that. That's not unlike uh, uh, change smoking now with I opened up the fridge and I went to get a carrot, but there was some ham 
Okay. And so and now I'm out on the post Thanksgiving ham. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And it's a little salty. And I look up there and I go, well, I could eat my, you know, or drink my energy drink, but instead I'm going to have a, ca- a, a, a sugar encrusted caffeinated drink. Those things get tied together. Now, let me just throw one more in for you. We don't have a replacement strategy. So now I have no satisfaction, but I draw satisfaction from smoking. I have no satisfaction from taking a long walk with the dog. You get the equation, but I have immediate satisfaction from smelling the smoke on your clothing and say, Hey, how about a beer? So, so the idea is that I don't have non-criminal activities. If I'm a criminal like sports and games and recreation and leisure activities, you know, uh, uh, but then I do have while throwing darts at the pub with the same crew that I'm always with. And now while we're chain smoking, they go, Hey, Tommy's got a new stereo. And the next thing you know, Brian, I'm booting the door and, and you go, no way. It's like that. And I would challenge everybody yes. listening, yeah. taking a day off of working out overeating or smoking just those three. Let's stick with those. They can become overwhelming. The lure can become overwhelming. If you put yourself in those high risk environments. No, that's, and that, that's a, that's a great point that it, it, that's how, you know, we always say, don't turn a robbery into a homicide, right? Yes. And you're sitting there, just got out of jail and hanging out while you're back with your buddies. Yeah. You're just having, just having a couple of drinks. Yeah. Then we're getting a little high and then it's, then it's, oh, Hey, let's, this guy's good. Let's go to the store and get this on the way to the store. Oh, Hey, look at that new stereo that dude just put in his car. Let's just rip it real quick. I mean, and then the and next thing you know, it seems like right back. nothing at the it's, time. <laughs> Well, it's incremental. It's, homicide, it's, you know? it's, it's incremental, but you just right. said that to go back to your, okay, now I'm going to the gym and I'm going there every day. It's like, well, you know, I can take today off because yeah, I had a busy week and you know yep. what, you know what, like it's a, you know, it's so-and-so's birthday. So I can have some cake today and that's not a big deal. And then the next thing, you know, it's, well, we're going to have some drinks with it too. Okay. And then you're at, you know, the, the Taco Bell drive-thru at 2am, you know, getting the biggest, nothing but fat grand, just <laughs> empty and, crap, you know, and then and then you know the next day you're sitting there feeling like crap. Well, if you're if that behavior is criminal behavior, that that the next day you're you're waking up in jail. I mean, I mean, that, that's, hoping hoping to knock at the door isn't the parole officer. You're you're exactly right. That's and Brian, you said something I want everybody to listen to. Listen, look up the etymology of the phrase of uh, the terms put together. Leopard can't change its spots. This yeah. isn't something in the 1927 right. uh, dictionary. This is something that is a life truth. And whenever you get a life truth, Brian, that's when you got to worry that this isn't our problem. This is all of our, is a human problem. And that, when you look at it at scale, that this is a problem that all societies have, that's when you can put it in perspective. Well, scale is important because, man, there's so many great examples, right? But But scale, like you said, like, well, all right, you know, I think it's something like almost uh, 80% of all, uh, uh, you know, medical costs that this country incurs is from yep. preventive, preventable diseases, right? So you're going, holy crap, 80% of this massive, massive amount of money that we spend on healthcare in this country is is preventable stuff. Yep. But then, you know, everyone does a Well, I mean, it's not a big deal. I mean, if I don't follow along or I'm not healthy or I'm not this, like, what does that really matter? That doesn't affect everyone. Yeah. At scale. That's, that's what we're saying is, is multiply yep. that by 300 million. Now you've got you losing five pounds. If everyone did that, if a hundred million people lost five pounds, I don't know what the, 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 the five year, you know, return on investment that would be in terms uh, of healthcare costs, but it yep. would be massive. That's the yep. whole point of this stuff at scale. So now that's exactly how this recidivism type stuff works. So, so what is it that, um, you know, what is it that, that, that 
doesn't work? Why don't, why haven't we established problems? Because I don't want to go too far into kind of incarceration and that process and how it's no, no, I agree. That's turned into like a for-profit industry. And we've, we, we just said, all right, we just have to keep locking people up, locking people up, locking people up because different, I don't want to get into a policy debate either because there's been bad policies that have come from both sides of the aisle that have unintended consequences, right? That they didn't see when they enacted them. Right. So, well, you know, that there's a lot in here, but what is it about these programs, right. That are designed to, you know, transition someone from from prison to normal life, which it's funny because it just pops in my head right now. We don't even have good programs for guys getting guys and girls getting out of the military to transition yep. to civilian life. But but we're we're expecting that that a that you know inmates, prisoners, criminals are just kind of supposed to go through some program and then transition into a normal life. So no no you're exactly right. And then the outcome on let's say that the the veterans uh, uh, a high number of veterans commit suicide. Okay, well uh, uh, if you would create a causative link down through there, it'd be easy to see. I'm unprepared. I go outside the walls. The next thing you know, I reoffend. Uh, I'm a veteran. I left the structure of the military. The next thing you know, I'm involved in a suicide. Those aren't hard to put together. And before I get to the the programs that might work and why programs need to be overhauled, Brian. Let's say that we're coming up on the holidays and you know that Thanksgiving just passed and we've got, uh, for many people, Christmas and then New Year's. Okay, so if you add your relationships with your family, uh, with your spouse, uh, with your significant other, okay, if you involve them and there's bad relationships specifically around the stress or anxiety that goes with the holidays, then you add the big two, your personality and your behavior. And let's add a very simple word in front of those, antisocial. So now uh, uh, you have a history when you're with those groups, families, ex-wife, kids, whatever, that you're impulsive, uh, you exhibit, exhibit manipulative behavior. And manipulative behavior, Brian, is that uh, you go, so there. Uh, you've always been doing that. Or, you know, hey, uh, 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 I'm going to have a beer. Oh, yeah, why don't you have the whole case? Okay, you know, something is something. Sounds like a challenge to me. Insult. Yeah, okay, so those are there. Now, if we add to that, that I'm now in a high risk setting where the tempers are right. already elevated. Okay. It's, it's, it's easy to see how somebody could fail. So, um, um, the person that's, uh, uh, you know, speedballing, uh, uh, isn't normally in church on Sunday singing, uh, requiem. Uh, uh, the idea is that, that we start, uh, getting that flack and then all of a sudden it seems like the cycle is repeating itself. And the next thing it's a, so, and you're going, how does that work? Parole officer comes in and says, how you doing? And you go, I'm doing good, but I got to see my lawyer today. You go to your lawyer and your lawyer goes, Hey man, you're still $300 short. And you look at the lawyer yeah. and you go, how am I going to get that $300? Because I don't give a damn, but you need that $300. You're going <laughs> yeah. back to jail. So on the way home, I see somebody left a briefcase on the seat of their car. Hey, it's the holidays. There's probably a card in there with some money. And now I'm in a trick bag again. That Mobius loop is not unlike Boyd's loop for bad guys. Do you see what I'm saying? So we have to see it that way. And, and, and if we understand that these uh, uh, activities that are in a higher risk setting are more likely to get me uh, uh, to find my, you want to see that bitch? He's here now. That's that antisocial personality yeah. that you're bringing out by exposing me to antisocial behavior locations, venues. And one of the things that that people bring up, and thanks, Josh, for, for joining us here on Facebook Live, it's the, oh, it's the lack of willpower. It's like, oh, oh okay, well, <laughs> um, sure, that's a really, really oversimplified way to look at it, I think, because yeah. what 
look at your own life. What do you have lack willpower in doing? Everyone has. I just don't. It's 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 kind of like it. It takes away how complicated these situations can be, right? Or or be how careful easy it is of to acknowledging. Follow. He brought up a great point, Brian. Be careful of acknowledging what he said in the wrong manner. For example, no, yeah, being around coppers a lot. Okay. So you burst through the door, everybody flees. And all of a sudden you find a bag that's full of hundreds. You get what I'm trying to say? And you look and you go, okay, there's $650,000 in dope money. How about it's 450,000. It gets into the uh, uh, property room and somebody looks at it and they go, wait a minute. And what you do is the cost benefit analysis. Hey, they were criminals, this and that. Yeah. We're not hurting anybody. Yeah, that's that's willpower. Brian yeah. is, is stepping up and going, Hey, we're the good guys. Put it in the gosh damn bag. You see what I'm trying to say? So yeah. willpower, I would agree with it, but I think that there's a chemical need that drives it. And then there's poor training that drives it. Willpower is a very small part of that equation when we look at it scientifically. Yeah. And well, especially because you brought up chemical need and yes. that's, that's a huge, huge deal. I mean, you're, you're also talking about, especially when you're talking about in any society, this is just the United States, any criminal population. Okay. There's going to be biological difference differences in um, the chemical makeup of their brain, basically, or what their feeling, sensing, tasting, touch, you know, is going to be a little bit different in many cases, meaning um, you talk about biological need and you talk about addiction and mental health stuff and antisocial behavior. A lot of that is, can be traced to biological, not just the environment they grew up in, but add that in, maybe they had a poor, you know, childhood or whatever the issues, different types of abuse. So if you already have that biological maybe deficit or, or difference, and then you're put in these horrible environments, just like you're talking about, okay, well, it's only going to get worse. It's not going to get better. So like you just said, willpower, that's a perfect example is that um, in that situation where, all right, it's it, like you said, let's say it's, it's five cops in the room and there's $500,000 sitting there. That's no one even knows about that exists, right? It, it takes one, the one person who really wants it. Maybe there is only one criminal in that group. Right. Maybe it's the one person that that doesn't have the moral compass that everyone else yep. has. But can they start to drag people around them down into that? Right. And all of a sudden someone who's going, well, you know, I really see what you're making a good point there. And yeah, we do that. Like, so now you start to justify it because of that environment and that social group is so powerful. And the social dynamics are extremely powerful and humans need to fit in. Right. That, that now all of a sudden you have someone going, well, you know, it started here. You know, it was just a couple bucks off of this guy that we found on the street. Then next thing you know, we're, we're robbing, we're robbing uh, uh, drug dealers or something. You know what I mean? It, it, Look it, at Rampart Division. You just created <laughs> yeah. the uh, outline, the spinal, you know, the, the column notes for, for uh, Rampart Division. And it's not just there. And it's not just cops. You know, oh, uh, no, everybody's no. It, guilty of taking something from their, uh, you know, the office thing. Hey, I don't need a tie lighter, but holy the, shit, you know, well, that, it, one down the way yeah. home. You know, it you starts know? with a pen or pencil here and then then it's then it's ink cartridges there or something like that. So, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, but it can yep. it can slowly, slowly build to something else. I, listen, it's the entropic principle for the brain. Yeah. Do, you, do you get what I'm trying to say? The less. Listen, you have to have a great degree of moral turpitude and you have to attribute value, value to where things uh, are valuable. Uh, uh, I love my significant other, so I'm not going to cheat because I stand to lose them and to gain an STD, okay, yeah. for that moment of fun. Uh, so then I say, okay, well, uh, you know, I, I want to do something else. So I go out and I gamble. And in, you know, times are tough now and I don't have the money to gamble. And so the next thing I know, I'm a little bit under, but I think if I double down, those type of behaviors can be uh, uh, corrected. So if you're asking me, can rehabilitation occur? Yes. 
but but we have to be realistic about the type of program in which they'll likely occur. So on, on that, uh, uh, my buddy Dan following along, thanks, thanks Dan for following us on, on Facebook Live here, actually brought up something other than just hitting on me during the episode. But he actually used the term, he said, hey, there's an issue of institutionalization, which yep. is a, a great point, and it's a great way to look at that word. So I, I say we look at, you know, both both sides of that coin here. But what he said is, you know, when criminals leave prison, they sometimes find that they can't function on the outside. Civilian populace, again, kind of just a thought. That's a great, I, you know, that that translates directly to even military veterans. It's like, dude, like this was my whole life. Every minute of my day, there was a plan. There was this, I, it was set up. Everything I had at a safety net, now I'm out here in the world and I got to figure it out all on my own. Man, it's a lot easier and more comfortable uh, at that time. So that institutionalization can doesn't just have to be in like a prison setting or a military. We, you can almost institutionalize yourself in a way of behavior or thoughts. I mean, does that kind of make sense? Or Yeah. So, so uh, uh, we're going back to, and it's a great argument, by the way. And thanks uh, uh, callers and listeners for, for writing into Brian. Uh, it's the old John Valjean thing about the loaf of bread. I've never ever in 27 years of being a copper and then many more of being a human behavior profiler had a talk about somebody that stole food to feed their family. family. That, that just <laughs> doesn't, doesn't happen. There's many programs out there. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Now, you get a guy that steals his own mom and dad's television set yeah. and to support his crack habit. And he's got kids on the street because, uh, uh, you know, he just couldn't hold it together. And you send him in and he gets a substance abuse counseling and he goes back and he reoffends. We're talking about you have to want to be rehabilitated, to be rehabilitated. Absolutely. Pro programs that do work cost a lot of money. They do. And take a lot of time. So a simple answer to that is not get into the trick bag in the first place. And you're saying, oh my, you know, that sounds, uh, you know, hey, well, it's easier. Your said education than, I mean, we, is important. Stay. We, yeah. You know, uh, well, your, your family's important. Stay with them. Uh, mentors are important. Coaches are important. Stay with them because they go into the military. Brian, if you go to the high risk locations, you're likely to reoffend. If you don't, you're not. It's that simple, really. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, you know, we, we, we kind of talked about the environment and how that, that effect on you. I, I think, um, you know, the, those avoiding those is, is obviously a key, a good, good key to success. But, you know, you brought up something that, um, said good programs that work, cost money they're expensive and yes, they, they are. are any any good pro i don't care whatever you're being trained for if it's a it's a really good program it's probably going to cost some money and but but the whole point of it that's an investment right it's not a cost it's an investment so you know short term it may seem like it costs a lot of money but but would it in the long run cost society less because there's less recidivism crime i mean geez a third benefit of, again. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like I said, that's why the third of the prison missions are due to parole violations. So it's like, all right, how do we focus? If we if we took everything about this and just focused on right there and try to get that third down to ten percent, holy crap, that's huge. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, whatever, whatever that is. But, but that's the 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 next or kind of the big hard question here too is that you know, what, why don't these work or what, how come what we're doing now doesn't work? And you brought up a good point of people want, people have to want to be rehabilitated. And there are criminals who do believe that they don't want to be doing that. They've been doing this their whole life. It's what they right. know. They don't want to, they're not happy. I'm sure you've come across plenty of those people on the street that, yeah, they're, they're, they're not happy about it. It's, hey, this is my life, man. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm trying to do to survive. And 
those usually aren't the violent ones. Those usually aren't the, you know, people that are really causing a lot of problems. They're just trying to get by. And I think being realistic with expectations and, and getting to the people that, like you said, want to be um, rehabilitated, I think that's a big key part of it. But again, I mean, that's, that's one of the hard problems of it. Yeah, there's a big three. Science shows us the big three on rehabilitation programs. Number one, they got to be evidence-based, which means they got to be based on programs that have a proven track record. Simple as that. Uh, number two, they got to be cost-effective because there's a price on keeping your ass in jail, and it better be uh, uh, you know competitive with that price, Brian, or it's just much easier saying no. Uh, uh, we'll put you back. And then uh, the final one is that you have to go to the worst of the worst, the highest risk, highest need inmates have to be the ones where you put your money at. Why? Because their reoffense is likely to be at that same level, that uh, uh, homicidal rage coming out of the antisocial behavior and the poor environment or whatever. But, but, and you're saying, well, not a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, commit a homicide and get back out on the street. Yeah. Okay. Do your research and then call back. I'll accept your apology. Uh, the idea is that what, what, what you said, listen, how do you change behavior? So, so that's a, a root cause. Uh, yesterday, there's an article, and in Brussels, Belgium, uh, they made, I can't remember how many arrests, uh, but we're, we're talking about human trafficking, prostitution, all bad things. And in Brussels, all of these people that are uh, embassy personnel and uh, chiefs of staff for different uh, European uh, 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 you know, governments uh, are jumping out the windows because they bust an illegal sex party Okay. Illegal by I the saw, nature of COVID I, and that I, I there was prostitution. Yeah. And these people are jumping out and breaking legs and getting caught and all that other stuff. Listen, when you've got your best and brightest yeah. <laughs> that are doing stupid things like that, it's really hard to tell your teenage son, no, uh, prostitution isn't a, a healthy way to let out your, you know, your teenage angst. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, uh, females are drawn to that, uh, 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 so are males, but why are females drawn to that? Because I need money because I have kids and I'm in a crappy situation. And I don't have an education. So all of those factors that we decided that we weren't going to talk about can put people into the trick bag with criminality. And, and you've got to understand that we're talking flippantly uh, about, you know, stealing stuff out of your house and everything and saying, well, it's not that bad. Well, it is, if it's your house. You get what I'm trying to say? A burglary is a tantamount to a rape of your house. In uh, uh, some people can't get past that and they want everybody to go to jail. You're not going to arrest your way out of this. You got to come and say, first, prevention is a the key. Then in stride, what do I do to re-educate those offenders? And then finally, uh, uh, you know, put them in jail because they don't get the message. But if we don't stick with that, Brian, uh, then, then we're creating that, uh, uh, you know, we're creating an enterprise where we're preparing young people for jail. Yeah. And so again, yeah, there's a, let's, what does this have to do with new year's resolutions? I mean, we already started talking about it, about in terms of, of the behavior, right? Meaning, yes. um, meaning your, your personal behavior, we were trying to equate that to think about criminal behavior in the lens of, of a new year's resolution, right? It's, it's the other side of that coin. So they got bad Santa. Let's go bad Boyd. So observe. Yeah, well, I like your, I like your, your Boyd's loop for bad guys. I wrote yeah. that one. Down. So, so <laughs> let's think about that. And let's, instead of saying the bad guy where I'm a, uh, uh, you know, a, a dyed in the wool, uh, Zeta, and I'm going out and doing, you know, uh, homicides, uh, for the cartel, Let, let's draw it back. And let's say that I'm just trying to stop smoking. 
Uh, so while try trying to stop smoking, I observe other people at the, you know, taking a smoke break at work or vaping. And I go, oh, vaping has got to be better than smoking, putting this hot liquid smoke in my lungs that was never intended to be there. Right. And then I orient towards these things and I say, well, you know, the gum's not hacking and I'm having these headaches. My wife, our husband doesn't understand me. You know, those are all complicating factors. So I decide now, hey, one cigarette's not going to hurt. And, and so now I decide that, you know, if I go to those places where there's a higher risk, I've got less resilience. I'm, I'm going to be able to fight back the willpower that your, that your uh, author uh, that wrote that, that message said. Uh, so if you avoid for New Year's resolutions, those pitfalls, you'll probably do good. But I would say before you spend about a bunch of money on getting an assault bike, before you go out and spend the $5,000 for one of these spin uh, things that uh, look at all those folks, right? Look, yeah. look what happened to them. If, before you do that, okay, I say uh, today, like, like for example, from my house to Rogue Manor West, right where I'm speaking, to Nico's house is 2.5 miles. Uh, so walking from my house to Nico's house is 2.5. If I can do that and I do that three or four times a week and it's all uphill on, on the way back, then guess what? I've just earned the right to get my elliptical. And then if I get my elliptical and I start, you know, basic this and that, that's how I quit smoking. Not that, not that I'm anybody folks don't, don't model me after your life. But I said, okay, this is going to kill me or I'm going to kill it. So I took that last cart and I marked it up and I marked each individual cigarette and cart and I did my countdown. I've never smoked since. Why? Because you have to be committed to it. You have to have a plan. Doesn't have to be an expensive plan. You've got to enlist the aid of your partners. You got to talk to your friends and family and go, Hey, I know I've said this a hundred times, but I don't want to go back to jail, but now trade, trade that to, Hey, I know I've told you this a hundred times, but please help me stop smoking. I need your help. Those type of things work. And, and, and you have to commit yourself to that. Well, that, that's a great way to you institutionalize the pattern of behavior to, for a positive outcome. I would say it's with, with that yes. smoking eventually, because, you know, it's like the, everyone does the, Oh, okay. You know what? Monday morning, I'm going to start off on a new thing. You're like, why don't you just do it right now? No, I'm going to, well, you know, new year, new a process. it's like, it's like a no, no, but, but that sounds like something you can do like to tomorrow morning. Like you can just get up and do it then. It's like, well, yeah, but like we got the, and it's like, you're, you're already, you're already back in your way out of it, but what you, it's which insurance. is like, well, what your brain wants to create insurance because you know, you're going to fail. Yes. That's the cycle you have you, to break. You're, right you're, you're, you're almost allowing for failure right up front. Yes. So yes. I want everyone to understand what you did. Cause you kind of just, you know, you, 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 you kind of glossed right over what you did when you quit smoking about taking a carton of cigarettes and then counting down the packs and then the number of cigarettes. So, so you base you, what you did was create a training program to yes. lessen the amount over time. So those slow, subtle changes over time are not only easier, your brain is less likely to notice it. And in this case, you're, you're basically fooling yourself, even though it's, it, you know, you're doing it, but exactly. you're fooling yourself into doing that. And I'm I, talking you know, myself out of it too, because I look at the number, I look at the number of smokes and I go, Oh, I've got all I this got time. time. It's not, yes. Ooh, you're, you're, so I'm, I'm easing myself into it chemically. And you're, and you're justifying it in a good way. Meaning like yes. you're going, okay, like you, you, it allows you to justify it and then say, well, I don't, it's not like I have to stop right now. Look, I've got all this time and you already yes. built in a program. And, and that's the, that's the beauty of it. Like, you know, cause every, you know, people you say, you know, I, I, I always would, the guy who gets up early and goes and works out. And I'd recently changed this past year to do it in the afternoon, but I still get up at the same time and do my morning stuff. Right. But the funny thing is, yeah, you, you, you want to, break real quick. Uh, just for a second, Brian, I, uh, while you tell your story, I'll be right back, folks.
Okay. So one of one of the things I I always do is that uh, you know everyone said oh you've got you know such willpower to get up at you know you want to get up at five in the morning and go work out and it was no I'm I know that I'm lazy so I have to get up at five and if I don't work out first thing in the morning right before I start anything then I'm I'm never going to do it throughout the day so that was always my thing and the other thing to go on on Greg's point about what he said hopefully he'll he'll be back here in a second who knows what's going on up there in uh, Colorado but uh he one of the things he said is about uh, you know people who buy all that equipment that's why I always tell people um buy used gym equipment because you can find a crap ton of it online for sale because everyone buys that stuff uses it a few times and then they're uh, uh they're 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 selling it again so um those of you guys i know are bringing up some really good points uh in in the comments here and one of the things that you know we i didn't want to get too much into but obviously it's it's something to be addressed is kind of how the prison system and recidivism works, meaning it's kind of a for-profit industry. And it is kind of become this cycle where now businesses are incentivized by having people in their prisons. And that's a whole whole separate issue. I, I think what we're trying to stick to is specifically the behavior. So, you know, those reasons why your New Year's resolution doesn't work out is basically the the uh the same reason why you know that that keeps end up happening so uh, we just didn't really want to get into that but back well, to now, but, now that greg's back no i just i because you 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 said you're talking about hey you know people buy the high-end gym equipment and then they never yeah. use this and that was always my advice anytime i bought uh, gym equipment i always go online and buy used equipment because it's literally something that's practically brand new been used twice but it's like half the price well brian i was sitting <clears throat> oh, Greg, Greg's back. Of- people people demanded to know where you went. So. Okay, just so you folks know that uh, I work out early in the morning and we're doing these earlier and earlier. So just before the show, I chugged about eight gallons of coffee and about six gallons of water. And, and, so I have to go to the bathroom every nine minutes now. And, and to, 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 to answer one other question, of course, uh, it, that, that I ha- have to hit up is that the how long does it take to style your hair? Uh, not very long at all. It's, it's, it's just minutes and it's a, uh, a molding cream that I use. So <laughs> it's called Play-Doh. It's like you squeeze so it out. So you know what's you funny? Those questions that we're getting on Facebook Live are literally almost the same questions I've gotten from like SEAL teams and Green Beret teams. We're treating like, That's hey, scary. bro, bro, what do you put in your beard? What do you use in your hair? So, so, so the urinary break and the hair break. Uh, sorry about those folks. Thanks. Shout out to Macedonia and, of course, our friends in Japan. Uh, but, Brian, uh, uh, when you were talking about just those gifts, okay, uh, start small because, like, I know all the gear uh, people. Uh, that do the Fitbits and this and that and the other and all that stuff. So I want to give you just an allegory here. So I'm coming back from, Hey, don't, don't no, no, but yeah, you earned that son of a bitch. This is where I'm going. So when I come back from a long day at at work and uh, for example, we were at Benning and we were staying at exit six and anybody that knows that, look it up. Yikes. And uh, I would come back and uh, Brian and one of his uh, coworkers would be doing parkour and then they would run for two and a half miles. Then they would come back and they would uh, lift and do the band workout and do all this other stuff. And everybody else was drinking beer and by the barbecue. And the other people had literally bought playstations for the hotel room and were up vegging out doing that. And so I had this model of behavior, which should I choose? 
then I'm sitting on an airplane and I have to ask for the seatbelt extension. And, uh, the lady's looking at me and saying, uh, so, uh, you know, here it is. Uh, do you travel a lot? And what she means is, uh, oh my God, you know what I'm saying? Travel must be killing you. You pale fish skin guy. <laughs> so the idea is those things started adding up and I said, okay, well, I'm going to change. And, and I did change. Everybody jokes about the jacket, Brian, you know, it's uh, like Grinch's heart, three sizes too large, you know, or five sizes too small. But the idea was that it didn't start overnight. It was a process. And then I started saying, okay, well, I've got to do the diet or the exercise won't work. Then I got to do the exercise. And then when I'm with you, it's like, okay, uh, it's easy being second dog in the sled. I'm always going to be lead dog. And then when I'm traveling, I can only eat these things when I'm traveling. I turned it into something fun and exciting and new. And then I took a bunch of notes on it and I started writing about why, because if I associate with dregs in a place that's high risk, I'm likely to fail. But if I associate with motivations and motivating factors, I don't need to buy all the trappings and all the crap. I just need to do it. I need to, you know, you know, the hang in there poster, Brian, I need to put up the hang in poster, you know, hang in there and I need to go do it. Uh, so simple stuff like parking further away, walking rather than using the elevator or the escalator, uh, uh, you know, uh, shoveling snow the old-fashioned way, right? Those are good things. And and I only wish that I had this, to quote your friend, willpower uh, earlier in my life because earlier in my life, I earned it easily. And well, they, therefore, I coveted that. Too. And and again, this goes into the behavior stuff is that, you know, it's, it's I take the, I try to take the willpower out of it. Yep. That's what you're talking about right yep. now. It's, I don't, I'm not going to rely on that because willpower blows. And like, if I'm tired and hungry, there goes your willpower. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And it's a moody I, uh, biatch. Do you see what I'm trying to well, say? It, well, that, it changes with the barometric pressure some days. That's what I'm saying. And, and I think, uh, you know, kind of, kind of, those are the examples you brought up too, that it's not, it's not about, it's not about that. It's about the, just, just changing your behavior and your environment, little bit but, here the, but those are things that you can control. And, and that's, that's completely different, but, um, you know, that's, again, a co complicated issue when it turns into criminal behavior and, one of those things is that like, you know, just, just like you said, I mean, if that's what they've been doing their whole life, how do you, how do you unwind that, Greg? I mean, that's the general hard problem, right? Is that how do you get, you got to trade change it. That? You, well, you, 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 you mentioned you have to trade the addiction and you have to avoid the high risk settings. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that, that's true. And that, that takes, that takes, again, that takes, you know, training, education, support, all that stuff. And which is expensive yet. I think it's, what isn't it like around like 30 grand a year to keep someone incarcerated or something for one person or something like that. So I, I don't, exactly. there's, there's your nut though, right? When you're, yeah, when you're adjusting, you get, it's like a real estate thing. What's my return on my investment? That's what I'm saying. So, so if you, if you, you know, go anything lower than that, and it's working, you're saving money, right? The taxpayer is saving money. So I don't think it's beyond the art of the possible, but you know, th this goes back into why all these different programs fail because they don't, I mean, you tell me, Greg, it, it, they don't focus on, Hey, here's your specific behaviors you need to work on. Here's how this works. It's, I think it's a little bit different approach. It takes a more academic approach. It takes an education versus a training approach. I mean, that would be kind of just from what the little I know, and I don't want to no, you're, stray you're right off into an area of a program that I'm not, you know, right. So well let's stick with on. what we know. We know training, right? right? Okay. Yeah. And we know how to evaluate training. 
training. We know check on learning. So l- let me take you back to being on the street to Detroit and working eight mile and all of a sudden encountering a, a person that I knew when I was growing up and, and went to high school with. And uh, so I talked to the person, they go, I can't get out of this lifestyle. It's so hard. The streets keep pulling me back, yada, yada, yada. So then I thought about that it was about the same time that I threw Sean Clemens in a car and, and uh, uh, alternately my brother, Jeff, I had to have somebody because it's a long drive. And I drove 28 straight hours to get to Colorado because I had a dream in my mind that Colorado was the answer and it was talking to me and I wanted to go check it out. So uh, didn't stop, didn't use a hotel, only ate uh, gas station food and figured out my finances, right? Drove one way, spent that day there testing out for all these positions that I wanted to do. And then the other person and I drove back and Sean looks at me and he goes, okay, so in two days, 28 out, 28 back, um, you just went and, you know, auditioned for a job, did all this other stuff and it only cost us. And I forgot to what the price was back then, but it was like 126 bucks back yeah. then. Because you know, fuel was a little bit less, right? Yeah. yeah. And and uh, so this guy, and I, I I won't recognize him by name if he's still alive because everybody knew him, uh, couldn't get across eight miles. Do you, do you get the, the point? But the idea was that it's not just going to that place. Because had I had this guy from eight mile in the car with me, when we got there and the going got tough, Brian, he would have resorted to those earlier behaviors. So resilience means that you have to have a net of fabric of people and, and you have to have faith in something, e- even if it's yourself, I have enough faith in myself that I'm worth investing one hour a day, because that's how it started with me. When I was on a plane with that lady, I said, I'm going to commit a half an hour a day to working out. You know why, Brian? Cause I couldn't do more than a half an hour. Yeah. I was yeah. kicking my ass. Do you know yeah. what I'm trying to say? And so then I had to cut things out of my life and I said, okay, an hour. And now you know that I've got the uh, Monday marathons. I've got the, the Tuesday two for where I have to work out in the morning and the evening, and I make it a fun thing. And and if you can't, if you're listening right now and saying you make it sound so easy, I can't do it, then enlist and aid a friend that can. And if you have to go to your uh, brother's insurance policy that offers a rider that says you can get some counseling, then do it. And if you can't, there's free counseling available in every city that I've ever traveled to. You got to find something. What's don't be goal oriented. Think about today. What do I want to get out of today? That's tomorrow. I think that you, you, you hit it on the head right there with, and this is, it falls in line with everything that we do on every project we work on is don't be goal oriented, but that that gets confused. I'm not talking about, you know, it's, it's be method or process oriented, right? Don't worry about what specific outcome is, but, but we have a hard time with that, especially when you're talking about an issue like, uh, um, uh, you know, crime and recidivism and all that stuff. But but it's it's what is the process we're going to use? What is the framework we're going to use? And then from there, the solution will present itself, right? So so like you said, hey, I'm going to exactly work on right. this. I, I have 30 minutes a day, and then I'm going to do that. And then by the end, you're going, holy crap, I'm losing this weight. This is what else is occurring. I'm feeling better. I'm that whatever that is. It's just you did it with the the cigarettes too. Like you came up with a process, a method. That, that you didn't just say, hey, I want to quit smoking. That's that's a general goal. Yep. Okay, but what are all the things in there that you have to do? And this is how we look at these problems. So whether it's the the um, recidivist crime or the New Year's resolution, right? If it's yep. just, here's the one goal, it's like, no, 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 you build a framework, right? Build a process or a method. 
And that's the goal is to hit that framework in some way. Cause we do that too, right? I'm, you know, like you said, like if we travel all the time, well, now I don't have access to my gym and this and everything that I do. Okay. Well, I can't do the same workout I wanted to, but I can still follow that framework. If I get up, I do a physical activity. Then I start my day. Like it doesn't matter what that is. As long as I'm following that framework, it's going to be a successful outcome. And that goal may come sooner or longer than I thought, but, but I'm, I'm heading towards that. I'm cause I'm focused on that. And that's, that's just that method driven architecture that we use in, in everything. But, but don't, don't discount how important what you said is, for example, let me go to the first part of what you said uh, and, and folks at home, try this one day so you can see what we're talking about. So Brian, I feel like I'm going to recommit a crime, start smoking dope again, uh, beat my wife again, whatever it is. Okay. Whatever that is, yeah. I'm feeling like it right now. And I've trained myself that when I get into this zone, I want to avoid those traps, like the locations where they're likely to occur. I'm not going to go to the bar. I, I, I'm you know, not going to go into the kitchen when she's cooking and start complaining about bills, whatever it is. Okay. Yeah. But I also condition myself that it's not just the environment, it's the people around me. So I'm going to call somebody. So Brian, I've got a dime to call God, how old am I? I've got a dime to call <laughs> do you. you, do you okay? You're spinning. Exactly. Shut like, up, you rotary just, phone bastard. Johnson three four seven nine, please. Exactly. Like, it's it's Lincoln four seven nine. But uh, the idea is that uh, I want to call you or your dad. Uh, uh, I'm an orphan now. My family's dead, or my priest or somebody. I want to talk to them and I want to say I'm feeling like reoffending, or or. I call those people that I go to the bar with, or I went and got arrested with or something like that. And I go, dude, I'm feeling like reoffending. They go, come over, let's smoke a bowl and see what we're see. Brian, <laughs> yeah. Not just the environment. It's those particulates inside that environment that can lead me astray. So when I go to get gas, yeah. gas is also where I bought my cigarettes. So guess what? That's a, that's an area that I know I'm about to have a fight in. So I have to be strong at that area. Does that make sense? No, no, no. It's breaking down that problem into the elements. Like you said, yes. or the particulates, so if I break it down to the elements and then go, oh, okay. If I just avoid these elements in whatever shape or form I see them. And in, I know this one I can't handle. Yeah. I know this one I can't handle alone, Brian. So I need to enlist the aid of my friends or a watch or a movie or a video. Do you see what I'm trying to no, say? It's a, like, I need to identify my limitations and that's human performance linked to human behavior. No, no, no. And then that's breaking it down to those elements. Like you just said, like, man, like I always buy cigarettes at a gas station. Well, shit, I have to go to a gas station to put gas in my car. Yeah. Okay. So from now on, I'm only using a credit card and paying at the pump. I'm never going inside. Like, you know what I mean? You got it. You, you just negate, you, you, you've taken out that pathway that that leads to that that behavior or yep. or you put in a new pathway and that's what we're talking about in a literal sense but that's what a neural pathway literally is that's how myelination occurs right you have to exactly create right. that pathway first and then repeat that behavior over and over again in different contexts in order for it to get sticky and and i i, th I think that that's a good one and the the other uh, thing people keep asking about is because you're talking about parkour. They said, um, are there videos of greg doing parkour question there are and the earliest one is now known as the King Kong Files, where I'm going up the side of the Empire State Building <laughs> with Shelley. Take a look at it. You'll you'll actually be able to see that. Oh, the, so. the other thing is, Greg, and I, I, I'm sorry, I know your your mom died recently, but just because your mom died, that doesn't mean you're an orphan, Greg. You don't retroactively become my dad an orphan. died a couple of years back and now my mom died. I'm an orphan. I don't, I don't think, think you know, understand the 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 etymology of that word, Marin. Maybe, so. maybe, maybe I don't. So 
No, it's one of us that doesn't. Let's put it that way. <laughs> That's a better way to describe. It's a more accurate way to describe it. Exactly. So, so um, you know, we we kind of brought up uh, a, a lot of issues in here and showed. You know, I, I would call it. You know, if we could, if the coin is that. I don't know what I'd call the coin, but if one side was was recidivist crime and the other side was, um, you know, New Year's resolutions, I don't know what we would what we'd call that. But I, I think that um, it's a good way to look at it and, and personalize a complicated issue into your own life to show how complicated that issue is to then kind of maybe come up with some better solutions because. I mean, that's obviously the biggest thing people want to do. It's like, well, how do we how do how do we solve this problem? Great, we have the elements here, and we we've just we've defined how difficult it can be. And the next thing is then then what do we put in place to solve it? And and, and keeping those considerations in mind that we brought up and you brought up, but some of the stuff you said. I mean, I know the obvious ones. All right, science based, cost effective, yep. focused yep. on. And, and what I think your third point is the most important is the focus, right? Focus on what you had said, like highest risk, highest need inmates or, or which means I, your highest risk or need in your own life too. And and that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what I was getting at too. It's that, all right, who do I focus on with this? It's yep. who, 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 who wants to do it, right? Who, who wants to be a willing participant in something like this, right? Like we said, who wants to change their behavior, who really does. And if you put the time and focus and attention to that, then th that's where the outcomes take and all the stuff, just like the, you know, the, the, the weight loss program or the workout program or whatever, like that takes time, you know, re reducing recidivist crime. That's, that's a generational issue we're talking about. Okay. So yeah. your, your, your metric should be five years should be the first metric, right. Or 10, you know what I'm saying? Like meaning like, is it, it worth it, doing? Yes. So how much time and money are we going to invest into it? And whether that's your marriage whether that's your children, whether that's your career. Brian, it's the same question, isn't it? I, I mean, each one of those applies again to recidivists. Just because it's a criminal, is it worth? Yeah, it's worth because he's a human just like you. And, and humans make mistakes. And yeah. if that person wants to get out of that lifestyle, there should be a person offering a hand up. No, I, I yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a, that's a good point, uh, unless you have yeah, anything well, else to add. Yeah, well, I just want to throw this. Look, the same risk factors we've identified, we don't have to come up with the answer because the answer is going to be different for every single listener out there, every person out there. So if the same risk factors that contribute to incarceration, uh, uh, attribute to, to uh, uh, you know, morbid obesity or chain smoking or, you know, diabetes losing his foot, the idea is if you want to give a gift, if you're listening to my voice, if you're listening to Brian's show right now and you want to give a gift to somebody, give the gift of listening. You'd be surprised at how much, listen, somebody's going to come in around the holidays and go, Hey, I've uh, committed. I'm, I'm not going to be an adulterer anymore. I'm not going to smoke. And you're going to give the shit. Yeah. We've heard it every year. And in your mind, you're going to go, Oh, here we go again. And what's yeah. this going to take? I would say back off for a second, take a look at the fragile ego system that's in front of you and say, how can I contribute to this? I, I can contribute morally. I can give the support mentally, uh, you know, psychologically. I could send that person a card from the damn dollar store saying, we're there with you. You can pray for that person. There's so many things, Brian, that we can do for another human. That doesn't mean I got to spend a penny sometimes, maybe a phone call, you know, with that old rotary uh, <laughs> dial, the BR549. But, but uh, I'm telling you, that this is the season of giving and that shouldn't be limited to merely STDs.
That's. I wish someone would have told me that a long time ago. Yes, yes. <laughs> speaking of speaking of one person. Speaking of super spreader events, um, so you knew what risk but, factors were a so, long time ago. So I don't. I don't get STDs. I give them. I believe a date with Brian was so. originally referred to as antisocial behavior. I think that's the etymology of that whole term. Well, or antisocial behavior is a nicer way of saying Brian's life. I think. I, exactly. I don't have that prom date now. <laughs> so, so all right, all right. I, I think that's a that's an interesting point to wrap on right there. Um, You're welcome. Speaking of wrapping, Merry Christmas to everyone. It's coming up on that 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 time. Uh, so, I think that that ties into um, you know w- what you just said are all great points at the end of of, of that words of encouragement and and how to uh, you know uh, being a little bit positive and the gift of giving can be just yes. giving a, a, a compliment or or like you said uh, a hand up not not necessarily a handout those are those are two different Amen. things and and I think most people are more than willing to give a hand up now handouts are different no one likes giving handouts right we all want to have have to make everyone earn their keep but but that sometimes is a, that's a two-way street right um like you brought up so uh anything else to 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 add at the end here, Greg, I think we'll go ahead and bring it in for a landing today. Thanks Take for care oh, of thank orphans. You. Yeah. Even if the orphans are in their fifties. Um, thanks everyone for, for tuning in and following along on Macedonia, on Estonia, France, yeah. Spain. So Japan. all of those foreign countries also in our growing, uh, listeners in the Atlanta area, shout out, shout out to there. I love going, uh, uh, down to the, down to the South, especially in Atlanta area. So we do have a lot down there. So yeah. thanks everyone too, for following along and please send us your questions left of Greg at gmail.com can always follow me on, on Facebook and don't forget that training changes behavior. Thanks for tuning in, folks. If you would like some more information about what we talked about today, you can head to the Left of Greg Patreon site where we've added some more information about what we discussed as well as some examples of how you can practically apply some of the lessons learned. Please remember to tell your friends about the show and follow us on Facebook at HBPRA. Thanks again and be safe.